3: Hey, everybody. From KQED Public Radio, this is Political Breakdown. I'm Scott Schaefer.
1: And I'm Marisa Lagos. Today on The Breakdown, he's campaigned for governor in this recall election talking about homelessness, housing, water policy, and taxes. But nothing has gotten Republican John Cox more attention than campaigning with a thousand-pound bear. And
3: he lived to tell about it. He's also campaigned with a giant ball of trash and a 12-by-12 Gavinopoli game board to highlight his plan to cut taxes. And he wants to run California more like a business. John Cox, welcome to Political Breakdown.
0: Great to be with you.
3: Glad you're not uh, on a bus or with a bear. Uh, and we <laughs> a do want we do <laughs> want to talk to you about the bear, but l- let me let me just ask you a question about the debate in Sacramento last night. You were the only yeah. person on that stage not named Kevin. Does that give yeah. you an advantage, do you think? (laughs)
0: not really you know what i did make clear though scott is that i'm a businessman who's been in business for 40 years and i've delivered results by holding people accountable which has not been done in this state we haven't had much accountability as a matter of fact you might know that an audit was issued yesterday by the uh state auditor that basically said that uh for all the hundreds of millions of dollars we've been spending on homelessness The state doesn't even know if it's had an impact. I mean, think about that. Think about a business that would run that wouldn't even know if any of its money was spent wisely or effectively. Uh, I think it's about time that California have a leader who uh, actually has has gotten things accomplished and actually delivered results and, and held people accountable. I think that's about time
1: all right well you know we do have a very crowded field uh, not a lot of known well-known names on the ballot of 46 to replace newsom you of course ran in 2018 already very different campaigns right compared well, there's no
0: media there's no there's no movie star but there is a media guy and so uh, maybe that'll get it up <laughs> okay, a little no. bit but
1: i mean what's the argument in terms of just the amount of time you're going to have to get something done what could you effectively do in basically a year
0: Well, my mother always said uh, every journey begins with a single step. So uh, we we have to get on the road to a turnaround in the state. And if we don't get started, we don't get finished. And so we're going to get started. Uh, I don't have any preconceived notions that by a year from now, when I have to run for reelection, that I'm going to show huge, just wonderful changes in the state. No, we're going to make some progress. I think we're going to get some things accomplished. Uh, What I'm going to do is hit the ground running because I have been in business for 40 years. I actually know what I'm doing and I actually know what needs to get done in the state. Uh, part of the reason is because I ran in 2018 and I studied the issues, extremely important in preparation for that run, and I haven't quit uh, since then. So I have a really, really strong idea of exactly what needs to get done and, and in what time frame. I'm going to sit down with the legislature and I'm going to talk to them about what needs to get done. I'm, I'm going to prevail upon them in terms of their better spirit of cooperation and wanting to get things better for people in California. I'm assuming they're all elected to do that, and that's what they want to do. If they don't want to help uh, and, and let's face it, I'm going to go in with eyes open on that score. Uh, I'm going to go around them. I'm going to go into their districts. I'm going to recruit candidates to run against them because that's the democratic process.
3: That'll warm them up.
0: (laughs) That'll warm them up. Well, listen, Scott, listen, if, if I'll give people the every opportunity to help, but if they choose not to, then they may have their own reasons. I respect that. Yeah. Uh, most of the time, by the way, those reasons have to do with some interest group that doesn't want me to do the things I want yeah. to do. I mean, the French Laundry showed us that. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'll and I'll just go ahead and recruit people to run against them and, and change the legislature one district at a time. Threaten and them with the a bear. You know, we'll get the know, job how- done.
3: So listen, we we, we wanna come back and do talk about policy and what you want to get done. But you mentioned your mom and we like in this show to uh, you know, learn about where yeah. people came from. Tell us about your mother. She was a school teacher, I think, and a uh, single mom. Yeah. Uh, tell us about her. What was she like? What what did she what kind of values did you get from her?
0: Well, this is a woman who got two masters degrees from Berkeley and uh, in the forties. In, right? San... in the forties and uh yeah, she was born in twenty one, so she graduated in the mid forties and she, uh, she met the love of her life. But before she did that, uh, she uh, went down to Chile and taught indigent children how to read and write English. Uh, think about that. That's a, that's a woman in her, in her 20s, uh, a single woman, traveling to South America to help uh, poor children. Uh, my mom was all about helping others and, 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 and taking great risks to do so. You know, she graduated from a high school on the south side of Chicago, uh, in the '30s, uh, and then went back to teach at that same high school in the '60s. And uh, needless to say, its complexion had changed. It became, you know, went from an all-white school to an all-black school in that time frame. Clearly, that's part of the white flight that happened in Chicago and many other cities. But the but the but the message was that they desperately needed help and. You know, she dealt with the bureaucracy in that public school system that was more interested in politics, and that's what formed me at an early age, Scott. Uh, You know, I saw corruption, and and there's just no other word for it. Uh, The politicians in Chicago controlled the school system, and they used that. They appointed principals who were basically cronies who were very helpful at providing votes, but not necessarily so good at educating children. They, they treated the school kind of as their own fiefdom and promoted people not based on their quality but based upon their connections and you know to me that's that's the the failing of our political system uh, and frankly it's one that happens the world over but I don't expect it to happen in, in, in the United States and, and particularly uh, you know it happened in Chicago but when I when I moved to California I found it to be worse here. Uh, the cronyism, the corruption, uh, the the placing of political interests above uh, the interests of good government and good policy and effectiveness is just the is just something I pledged my life uh, to do something about. So I became successful in business, and now.
1: Well, wait, I'm wait, wait doing... you're getting ahead of it. You're getting ahead of it. Okay. Well, okay Mr. Cox, give me a second. It, <laughs> no, I know, but I cost... want to ask you a little bit it's more about your mom. Me. Yeah, no, okay. I no, I know, and I know that um you've talked a lot about that experience she had as a teacher, well, but you've also talked yeah. about the fact that she was a huge fan of John F. Kennedy, that she was a she Democrat. Was. Um
3: And you were yeah, a Democrat yeah.
0: for a while.
1: Yeah. So, uh,
0: are you, you kidding? Help? I ran for delegate to the Democratic Convention in 1976. So what,
1: what changed? And, and, um, I mean, do you what think changed? Your, did your mom change with you? I guess is my other question. No,
0: no, so. but I think the democratic party changed. Uh, I don't think JFK I was with Ke- this other Kevin, uh, yesterday who kept calling himself a JFK Democrat. I don't <laughs> Kevin even know. If he, yes. I don't, I don't think he even knew what that is. Frankly, he's, he's only 29 years old, so he couldn't really know much about Kennedy, but frankly, uh, I was there. Uh, and, uh, you know, Kennedy's inauguration speech inspired me. Uh, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. I mean, that's not a call to demand that government pay for your child care or pay for your community college or pay for your uh, whatever. Uh, you know, it, that's a call for you to get involved and do something to help other people through you know, helping make government more efficient and effective. And so, you know, John F. Kennedy cut taxes uh, across the board, by the way. He didn't just hand out, you know, tax cuts to uh, people in, in lower income brackets. He cut taxes across the board because he said, and I quote, a rising tide lifts all boats. Although and we should point was, out,
3: not to get too deep into the JFK history, but the, the, the top tax rate at that time was about 70% on the upper, upper income folks. But let's not go there. Um, actually,
0: it, it was actually higher than that, Yeah, Scott. it was like 80, I think. It was, it was 70% when I started out as a CPA in 1976, it was 70%. So it had to be higher in 1961 yep. when he yep. talked right. about... But
3: I, I, I want to ask you, um, you have... Four daughters,
0: uh, four they daughters, uh, three. Wonderful eight. daughters, yeah. wonderful daughters. Well,
3: tell us tell us a little bit about them, because, you know, the, the younger generation, they're often more liberal. Uh, and, you know, what are their politics and what do they think of their dad running, you know, for governor as a Republican? Uh, it's and,
0: interesting. It's interesting because uh, their mother isn't particularly political the, the three older ones have a different mother than my last one. but uh, you know my 39 year old is is uh, wonderful. Uh, she's in real estate she's now running helping run my business and uh, and I have great hopes for her she's she's great. Uh, my others are, are also very well employed uh, they' they're working women they're I'm so proud of them I can't I, I can't tell you uh, Democrats my, uh, Republicans. Mixed. Well, I, I don't think they're anything, frankly. I, I think they're not nearly as political as their father. They've kind of followed their mother. Uh, so uh, they respect what I do. They appreciate what I do. They understand that this is what motivates me to serve others. I will tell you that they participated with me in uh, the charity that I started in, in Chicago. Uh, as you may know, I started a, a charity that, that repairs the homes of elderly and low-income people uh, people, uh, and they participated in that very greatly. And they've also participated in other charitable endeavors as well as through their church. So, you know, I don't know, they're, they're, they're not entirely political like their father. You
1: don't have to out them on the radio. It's okay. Well,
0: <laughs> you know, they're, they're great. They're great young women. And, uh, I love them dearly. All
1: right. Um, well, I think we can go to break. And yeah. then when we come back, we're going to keep talking to gubernatorial candidate, John Cox. What you, got, Scott? you know,
3: I want to just because if, if you, were, you mentioned your daughter real quickly, I'm just curious. Did they have any reaction to what Larry Elder, the uh, who was also running for governor, what they said about uh, about what he said about women? And uh, you know, it was a while you ago, know, but you know,
0: my three older ones live in Chicago, so I don't think they know Larry at all. So uh, I think they would be dismayed, and, and frankly, I was too. You know, my mother was abused, frankly, by my stepfather, and uh, you know, who she married later, and. I, uh, as you might know, I funded the recall of Bob Filner, who was the mayor of San Diego, who abused women and and Mm. sexually harassed them, kind of like Cuomo. And and frankly, I think Newsom is, you know, uh, sort of guilty of that too, given his history. But, uh, you know, I I defend women in the workplace. Uh, Most of my managers in my business, as a matter of fact, I think all of my managers in my business are women. Uh, My controller is a woman. I uh, celebrate women uh, and, and, you know, honor them. And, you know, you'd expect that with four daughters. But I also do it. I, I put my money where my mouth is in my workplace, too.
3: All right. We're going to take a short break. And when we return, we're going to continue our conversation with John Cox. He's one of the Republicans running for governor in the recall election. You're listening to Political Breakdown from KQED Public Radio. And welcome back to Political Breakdown. I'm Scott Schaefer here with Marisa Lagos, and we're talking with Republican John Cox. He's a businessman from San Diego running as a replacement candidate for governor in the September 14th recall election.
1: So, Mr. Cox, you have been, in addition to a candidate, an accountant, a lawyer, part owner of a potato chip company, an investment manager, a real estate magnate. Am I missing anything?
3: father <laughs> father <laughs> father, yes, father we, we, devoted, we did cover that devoted part and husband too,
1: yes. <laughs> um i mean obviously i think you sort of parlayed your accounting and then law degree into these other careers but i'm curious what sure. what have you enjoyed the most what what has given you the most sort of satisfaction not just oh. you know money
0: but what what yeah well, I I would say uh, beyond being a father and husband, that's the, the top. Given. that's obviously. a given. Obviously, let's get, let's let's put that aside. I suppose um, I've I've enjoyed uh, tremendously the charitable endeavors. Uh, starting rebuilding together, uh, the the affiliate that I did in Chicago uh, ran that for twenty five years. Still go back there to to participate in it. Uh, that is tremendously rewarding. And I and I spent twenty years on the board of the USO uh 10 years in chicago and when i moved to san diego uh, another 10 years in san diego before they shut down the san diego board and 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 consolidated it nationally uh the uso is extremely important i didn't serve in the military i grew up without a father and didn't really you know really had to start a business right away and 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 not serve the, the the military and uh I have just incredible respect. Uh, you know, we're we're taping this right now on a day that is a shockingly bad day for America, yeah. with uh, a dozen Marines uh, literally slaughtered in in Kabul, and it's just uh, so so incredibly sad and 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 so incredibly unnecessary. And uh, my heart just my heart just bleeds and and goes out to the families who lost uh, those those Marines. Yeah. And and everybody who died in that, but uh, but in particular those 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 young men and women who have served and and dedicated their lives to, to protecting us. Yeah, it
3: Absolutely. does. It just reminds you like, what the sacrifice is in so many ways. And, of course, uh, just as an aside, Kamala Harris, who was going to be in the Bay Area tomorrow, uh, canceling that. Uh, she was going to be campaigning with Newsom. She's going to go back to D.C. But coming back to uh, one of the things that you've been yeah. uh, very involved in uh, is housing uh, and real estate yes. sort of management. You've made housing and building more housing a fundamental part of your platform, both in 2018 when you ran and now. And, you know, Newsom, of course, said he'd build three and a half million units after eight years. He's nowhere <laughs> right. near that. But, you know, as you know, it is easier said than done in a place like California. There's environmental but reviews. But, you know,
0: yeah. but wait a minute, Scott, you know, because this was discussed yesterday. And, you know, it's not just about building a number. It's about reducing the cost. I made the point that it doesn't matter if you build three and a half million new homes if each one cost 450 or $500 hours a foot to build because that's going to be luxury and that's going to be unaffordable by most people. Uh, in Indiana, which is where I build mostly, I build for $125 a foot or $100 hours a foot in some spots. You know, I mean. But and, let and, me push and, you on
1: that because I know you know a lot about sure. this and so you understand the details, which is we pay higher wages in California. You can't put the and toothpaste back. And why is that, Marissa? Because it costs, well, but let me ask though, I mean, you can't well, why suddenly. Why is that? Okay, but okay, Why we're is that? okay. We could Why go back it, Marissa, at 30 a years, but,
0: huh? Well, you made a statement, Marissa. Okay, Why but let me, can is I that finish wages the question? Are so high? Okay, All I mean, because Lisa. I'm
1: curious, I mean, the wages are high because the cost of living is high, it's sort of a self fulfilling prophecy. I know that. no, what... it's a
0: wage price spiral. i uh, uh, correct you, Marissa. It's not a self fulfilling prophecy, it's called a wage price spiral, which is well known in economics. And it's because of housing that wages have spiraled upward, which then spirals the cost of housing even more, which also spirals up the cost of everything. So the only way to attack it, Marissa, is to drop the cost of housing and in in areas we can control, such as government mandates, such as the litigation. Such as the delay. It takes twelve years to get an approval in California. I can get approvals in six to twelve months right, in right, Indiana.
3: But, right, but you know it's, it's really apples and oranges. I mean, we there are environmental no, laws. There are NIMBY. There's a well, lot of NIMBYism in California where people don't want more well, density. More they don't want more. Yeah, wait a minute.
0: You don't think there's wait a minute. You don't think there's NIMBYism in Indiana? You don't think the people of Indiana care about the environment? You don't think the people of Indiana care about traffic or building standards? Of course they do, but they just don't listen to the special interests or uh, at, at sufferance to the people what they do is they design a way to make sure that all those concerns are dealt with scott but but not dealt with in a way that takes uh six layers of approval huge impact fees huge delays and huge mandates and and uh protectionism listen california is only built on about eight percent of its available land uh and you can look that up uh We've got tremendous amounts of land that uh, can be built on uh, and we need to. Uh, but we've got so much in the way of political interference and interest group corruption that has really held this up. So I will take great issue with your, your assertions that there's just something different about California.
1: Well, how, how do you change that, though? I mean, you're from, you know, you live in San Diego. I grew up there. I know the, the suburbs you mm-hmm. live in would probably not be very open to uh, multifamily, affordable housing for low-income not at all. people. Not um, But we also see in a lot of places that are cheaper, ter- wildfires. I know you're in Yuba City right now. We have um yes. you know, we had in Texas, we saw horrible flooding in places with very lax zoning laws. So, how do you balance all of that because it seems to me that yes,
0: well the wildfires see, weren't caused by uh building homes. Well, uh, the wild, well, a lot of them were because wild. they
1: wouldn't have PG&E lines out there if there weren't homes.
0: Well, but but the the, the fires the, the fires have been a result of lax forest management and of course Gavin Newsom has lied about to the tune of under you know stating uh, or overstating the number by 700% as has been reported but we also have chased out the forestry industry the timber industry in california which t- used to do a lot of that forest management for us and we also haven't fashioned a decent response i've called for ending the 4 million dollars a day yeah. we're spending on that ridiculous train to nowhere and redirecting that money to build an air force you know we could build an air force in this state. Uh, there's never been a time when there's more aircraft that's unused, and we could we could have a force that would go out and would put these fires out from the air before they turn into infernos. Well, but but the politicians, you know, they don't. They don't think about those things. They just they just do the minimum that they can do to to satisfy their interest Come, groups. I mean, coming, coming I'm back, a businessman. I'm going to solve the problem.
3: Well, coming back to housing, look, in business, you know, you can make sort of unilateral decisions that you can't make in the public sector. And I'm thinking, That's again, true. coming back to housing and the environment. I mean, there is this law, CEQA, the California Environmental Quality Act, which yeah. gives which gives people the right to it's gotta re- be changed. It, well, OK, but it's, okay, let's say just you say, wave say wave in the
1: year that you're say governor, you wave a governor and it's gone. Yeah.
3: Yeah. You still have to deal with local
0: local nimbyism, though, right? You will you'll get well, but you'll get X percent of the cost out of the cost by getting a sequel. But there's other things you need to do. I have no doubt about that. We we need to certainly do something about the ridiculous impact fees that some municipalities charge. I mean, there's a lot of municipalities that are uh, that have bloated budgets themselves, which need to be called out. Uh, you know, the, the the city manager of Murrieta, for example, I think makes something like $300,000 a year. I mean, there's there's some ex- excessive uh, things that are being done in, in so many parts of, of governments and, and local governments that needs leadership from the top to be called out. Some of these impact fees are uh, horrendous. But it's also the, the mandates. Uh, it's also the delays. There's multiple approvals that are set up. I think a leader at the top in, in California could certainly do something about reducing the number of uh, of organizations and, and, and approvals that are needed here so that we can streamline this process.
3: You're listening to Political Breakdown. I'm Scott Schaefer here with Marisa Lagos. We're talking with John Cox, a candidate for government, the governor rather, in the recall election. The last day to vote is September four. 14th. Today by the way is California Public Radio Day. For more information about how to support KQED, go to kqed.org. Let's um let's talk John about uh, the bear if you don't mind. Uh, how did that how did that come about? I mean that was you Wanna know like it like it or not, that got you a lot of headlines.
0: You know what? Do you when you interview the starkest uh, uh, people? Do you just talk about Charlie the Tuna? I mean, it's a uh, advertising thing. It's done. <laughs> it was creative. It was done to attract attention. It did that. Uh, but but certainly the issues. I've published a forty page. Uh, program on ending housing and, and homelessness crisis i just uh, all right let's go back to, all
1: right, all right, all right. he doesn't want to talk about the policy let's talk a about policy.
0: something well, you right. know, listen you guys want to talk about it to to, to slay me with it and, and no yes no, is. no it was a, I, it was a creative thing that was please. done to 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 call attention to the campaign and I'm it worked apologize for it it was great no, yeah it worked it no all i'm right. just yeah.
3: curious like like when when somebody raised that as a possibility what was your first reaction
0: I I don't think I, I didn't want to do it Uh, uh, to be honest with you. I'm a serious guy with a lot of serious ideas and I built a serious business and I, 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 I I did a lot of serious things in 2018 to to get my name and my ideas out, uh, you know, as you know, uh, it didn't work. I, I lost. Uh, and, uh, and this time I decided to do some things that would maybe get a little bit more attention to it. And I think it worked a little bit. So, you know, I'm still the same guy with the same, I'm, I'm a CPA, I'm a lawyer, I'm a serious businessman. And uh I've published yeah. serious ideas uh, like like a 25% tax cut across the board. We should talk about I that. I want to get to that. Money. I do want to
1: get to your tax cut. I do also know yeah. first. We are still in the middle of a global pandemic and you and quite frankly every I think Republican you've debated with has made clear that you do not support the mandates across the state. And I'm I'm curious, you know, we have millions of kids going back to school right now yeah. uh, under yeah. age 12 who, who cannot yeah. be vaccinated. And I'm just curious, like, what is the argument for you know telling school like why take away the mask mandate, for example? Why not have something like that when we well, are using, so and I'm you guys curious. all can yeah.
0: Yeah, let's let's talk about this because you know this gets to a really, really important issue here, and that is there's no question politics politicians have used this pandemic. This pandemic is serious. Don't get me wrong. I had this disease early on and it was a serious one. The worst flu I've ever had, but it is a flu. It's a more serious strain. I'm not gonna minimize it one iota, but it is the same family. It's a coronavirus. It also resides in animals, as you know, which is different than smallpox. Smallpox only resided in humans and therefore it could be eliminated. This disease will never be eliminated, sadly. And the Chinese should be held accountable, but that's water over the bridge now. We've got to deal with it. But listen, in 2018 and 2019, 400 children nationally died from the flu. 400 children, one one child's death is an absolute tragedy. I'm not minimizing that for the moment. 90 children have died of COVID so far in this pandemic. Now, I don't remember people in 2018 and 2019 out there campaigning to have children wear a face diaper every single minute they're in schools. Uh, That just didn't happen. I was here in 2018 and 2019, you were too. You weren't sitting there telling everybody that they had to wear a mask at school. Were you unfeeling then? No. The answer is you weren't because you knew that even back in 2018 and 2019, that 99.99% of children who got the flu we're going to survive well, me, it was sad that I, a certain well, let me just ask you didn't.
3: because you as you know like in the, in Florida and Texas two the states that are having the worst spike and the you know the hospitals are yeah, filling up the yeah. icu that sad. those are the poli- yeah but those are the policies those governors have implemented why would you want to use that as a you know as a model
0: I, I, i'm not but I'm, I'm 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 making the point scott that the politicians have used this to f- generate fear generate uh, control and, uh, and, and use it to politicize this thing. This is a national health crisis. There's absolutely no question about that, as more so than the flu epidemic of 2018, 2019. But the flu epidemic of 2018, 2019 killed 400 children. Covid okay, has only actually, killed nine. It's actually
1: closer to four hundred. But uh, that aside, I mean, what about though the rights of okay. younger kids to go to school and be safe? I mean, if you
0: well, then they can wear a mask. I, I'm not advocating that every child doesn't have to wear a mask. I'm only suggesting that parents should have the choice if they're even if that puts if they... other
1: kids at risk because they could be breathing out their now, own.
0: Listen we are at risk every single minute of the day. I mean, uh, you know, you could contract some disease every single minute of the day. Listen, 30,000 people die every year of, of car accidents. That's a tragedy. We would eliminate that if we, we ban the car. laws.
1: I mean, we have seatbelt laws and we stop at stop signs, right? Of
0: course we do. Of course we do. We take reasonable measures. And if and if, a, if a parent wants to have their child wear a mask, they should do it. But, but nevertheless, we shouldn't mandate that people uh, uh, wear a mask. And frankly, we also shouldn't mandate that they get the vaccine. I, ad- I advocate for the vaccine. I got it. Yeah. My family got it. I think everybody should get the vaccine. I think the reason people aren't getting the vaccine is because they don't trust government. Gavin Newsom as Exhibit A in that, as far as I'm concerned. All right.
3: We, we're getting our own stop sign. We are out of time. But, John Cox, thank you so much for joining us. Really thank appreciate you. it. And thank that's you. it for this edition of Political Breakdown, a production of KQED Public Radio.
1: Our producer is Guy Marzarati. Our engineer is Katie McMurrin. KQED's team includes Holly Kernan, Ethan tobin Lindsay Julia Chan, Otis Taylor, and Erica Aguilar. I'm Marisa Lagos. You can find me on Twitter at m Lagos.
3: And I'm Scott Schaefer. You can see what I'm up to on Twitter, at Scott Schaefer. Don't forget, check out our Voter Guide. It's at kqed.org slash recall. Thanks so much for listening, everybody.
1: That's right, a dollar and ninety nine cents. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month though, so you'll want to act on it fast.
2: Happy reading. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. Hey QED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more.